Bill, thank you very much. Well, good morning again. Um, let me add my, my welcome, my good morning to those you've already heard, particularly to those of you who are visiting us today. It's such a joy to have you here. We hope you might be persuaded to come back. As Mark said, it's not always this exciting, but it is sometimes this exciting. So thank you for making it so exciting this morning for the rest of us. And uh, you join us this morning as we conclude a, a conversation we've been having as a family about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And we are going to close that conversation today as we come into the summer. And so I hope you're, uh, if I do a decent job, you'll be able to track with us and pick up with some of what we've been saying. If I don't do a good job at all, my apologies in advance for that. Just one word of um, update, if you like, to add to the update that uh, was given before, particularly the one about focus. If you heard uh, about focus just then and you thought to yourself, goodness me, I was supposed to book to be part of that and I've forgotten, it is not too late, it's happening this coming week and starting on uh, Wednesday, Thursday morning, I think, you can get there from Wednesday. It's not too late to join us, if you'd like to join us, you're welcome to do that, you can sign up for that or you can come for a day, you can buy day tickets on the website. So if that's of any interest to anybody here, we'd love you to join us. We're going to be having all the fun. Over the last few weeks, as I said uh, to our guests just now, we've been looking at the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And over the last uh, three or four weeks in particular, we've been looking at spiritual gifts and what it means to receive the gifts of God's Spirit. And we've categorized them variously. I would encourage you to look back on those last few weeks if you're interested and you weren't able to be with us. And today, we're finishing this series on the Holy Spirit. And really, I guess I want to ask for these next few moments together what we're supposed to do with all of this, what we're supposed to make of all of this as individuals in this room and indeed as a church, as a church family, as we move forward from this place. It would be quite easy to sort of bracket all of this off, to close the book, to close the chapter on the series that we've been in, and almost to say, well, that's it, the Holy Spirit done. Let's move on to something else in this next season. But for the church of Jesus, we never get finished, we never get done with the Holy Spirit. And it is our intention as pastors, as a leadership team, it's our intention, I believe, as a whole church, that we go on in and with the Holy Spirit. We want to be filled to the full measure of the Spirit. So how might we behave? How might we go on in the Spirit from this point on? Well, that question in the New Testament is focused around, I think, one particular metaphor for how Christians can do life and live life in and with God's Holy Spirit. And that metaphor is the metaphor of being Filled, being filled, being filled with the Holy Spirit. So I've, I've entitled this message today, I know nobody cares about titles, probably none of you even look on the website, but the title for this message is Be Filled. And it reflects this instruction, it reflects this desire that we have, and I, I believe that you share, that our church would be filled with the person of the Holy Spirit and rich with the atmosphere, the aroma of the Holy Spirit. Not just while we're doing a series on the Holy Spirit, but for all time. So I want to ask two questions. And I'm, going to, I'm just putting it that way so you think that it's going to be brief. 
And so your attention is, is peaked. It, might, it will be brief-ish, because I want us to do some practical stuff at the end. But the two questions I want to ask are, firstly, what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And what difference would it make to be filled with the Holy Spirit? So let's firstly look at what does it mean. Well, this verb, to be filled, comes from this Greek word, pleroo, which means literally to make full. That's not particularly complicated. You probably didn't need me to reach for the Greek there. It's pretty obvious. A related word is pleroma, which means a fullness, an abundance. You might say an overflowing amount. And so the notion, and this word's taken from the the second reading Bill gave us this morning, where it said, don't be drunk. Don't, Don't receive a skinful of wine. We used to say that in Manchester growing up. Oh, he's had a skinful. A skinful of beer. Don't receive, don't have a skinful of beer. Be, be full to the brim with the Holy Spirit. This is the image to be overflowing with and abounding in the Holy Spirit. To be so full. Full to capacity and then beyond. That's what it means to be full of the Holy Spirit. Now, biblically speaking, there are a number of precedents. I want to pick two briefly in the New Testament. And the first is John, the, the prophet John, the forerunner for Jesus, John the baptizer or John the Baptist in Luke 1, 15. Here's what we read. Let me find it, Luke 1, 15. I could just look at the screen. I believe it's probably already on there. For he, that's John, will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. So there again, we have this connection between wine, or rather in this case, not wine, and being full of the Holy Spirit. The word for being filled there is actually a different word, but that carries the same meaning. John, this forerunner for Jesus, is a powerful man of God and he's to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the source of his power. Reminds us almost of Samson in the Old Testament who was told not to touch wine but to grow his hair. And as he did so, the Holy Spirit would be with him, powerfully enabling him to do the things that God had for him to do. This is what the Holy Spirit does when he fills people. And of course, the primary paradigm for a spirit-filled life for Christians is Jesus himself, Jesus Christ. The word Christ, Messiah, means the anointed one. Anointed with what? Wrong question. Anointed by whom? By the Holy Spirit who filled Jesus at his baptism. We read in Matthew chapter three. I'm gonna save time and look at the screen. Matthew chapter three. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him and a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, in him I'm well pleased. Here we have the spirit of God descending on the son of God and we hear the voice of the father who is God. Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit. That enables him to be who he is in God. There's something here about filling, implying influence. Do you know that whatever fills you, influences you? In fact, we could probably put it more strongly than that. You are controlled by whatever fills you. Now, we all know this. Do you know why we know this? Because we've all been awake at night worrying about something. 
Or maybe you haven't. Maybe it's just me, but at least I have been. I speak personally. I have had that experience of being awake at night, of worrying about something, and it's as if that thought, it's as if it's not just in my head, it's like filling my whole body, and your foot starts to shake, and you're, you're aware, these sheets have never been like this before, they're digging in, and you know, all of that stuff, you, you're filled with worry, and that worry controls you. You can be filled with negative thoughts, and if you are, you better be sure those negative thoughts control you. You can be filled with anger, you can be filled with rage, you can be filled with bitterness, you can be filled with fear and anxiety. Many of us have experienced that. Probably at some point, we all have experienced one or more of those things. Some of us, some of us with twins, dare I say, have experienced some of those things on the same day. <laughs> one followed by the other. But also, you can be filled with courage. You can be filled with hope. You can be filled with love. You can be filled with peace and grace and all these other great things. And if you are, you're controlled by those things. We're controlled by whatever fills us. Now, one important thing to note here linguistically is that this word for being filled isn't a one-time event. Linguistically, the literal sense of this is go on being filled. Or as Mark said to me in the week, be being filled. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's so exciting to me because it means that there's always an opportunity for more. There's always an opportunity for more. Go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Bishop David Pitches once said, I believe in the second baptism, the second filling of the Holy Spirit. It's after the first and before the third. I believe in the second baptism of the Spirit. After the first and before the third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth, we go on. This is, for the church of Jesus, this is a way of life. It's a way of life. To be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be overflowing in and through the Holy Spirit is a way of life. It is the authentic Christian life. What a vision for life. What a design for life, to quote the Manic Street Preachers. To be influenced by the Spirit of God by being filled with the Spirit of God, the person of God, filling you. You know, this is no mere religion. Religion is humanity's best attempt to reach God. And in the Christian faith, what we see is God makes up the gap. He does what we could not do for ourselves. He doesn't wait for us to reach him. He reaches down to us in the person of Jesus. And as Jesus has ascended, he, he gives us, he sends his personal presence. The third person of the Trinity, God's Holy Spirit. Not just to walk around with us, which would be great. Not just to be some kind of impersonal, spiritual guru. This is not Buddhism. This is not about being emptied. It's about being filled. It's much better than the sort of contemporary religious mumbo-jumbo you hear on every Instagram feed you could ever look at. This is God's personal presence, the same God who created the heavens and the earth, filling your tiny little body. And that is good news. That's good news. Filling your little mind, beset by fear and anxiety, God's presence and power, filling it. And that makes a difference, and that ain't religion. 
It is the fulfillment of God's plan to fill all things with himself. You know, there is coming a day, and I'm getting excited now because I'm off script. There is coming a day when the whole of creation will be filled with the full measure of the glory, which is to say the presence of God. And your body is the forerunner. This body, the people of God, the church, is the, is the advanced sign of that day. We're the ones who are filled with the presence of God in advance so the world could say there is coming a day when the whole of creation will be filled with his spirit. What a vision for life. So here's my charge to you, and I'm giving you a charge. Don't think it's almost over. I'm just getting going. Our job is not to dabble. Don't dip your toe in. Don't dabble. Yeah, we <laughs> down at Spring Lakes yesterday. Any of you been to Spring Lakes? It's by Long Eaton. It's an outdoor water adventure park. I'm not, I'm not paid for this. This isn't like an ad break for Spring Lakes, but you should go. And you have various different approaches. You could do kayaking. You could do stand-up paddle boarding. You could just do, if you're, if you're really keen, you could do the swimming. You know, the cold water swimming, it was 21 degrees, it wasn't cold water, it was tepid water swimming. But if you're there in the winter, as some are, you can do cold water swimming. And there are different approaches to Spring Lakes, and you see different personalities approaching it in their own way. And what I'm saying is, don't be the person standing on the edge, dipping the toe in. Dive in, dive in, head first, plunge in, immerse yourself in the Holy Spirit. And if you do that, it will make all the difference. Well, what difference might it make? A few things, I will try and do this in a timely way because I want us to pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit. The first difference it will make to receive the Spirit, to be immersed in the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit is to be loved. To be loved. This is the fundamental human need. Psychologists call it unconditional positive regard. And here's the thing, no human can give it to any other human. It's not possible. God can do it. God can give it. The primary difference the Spirit of God makes when he fills a human body, when he interacts with a human mind, with human consciousness, when he touches the spirit of a human, is to fill that body, to touch that spirit with an experience of pure, undiluted love. Agape, an overflowing experience of love. The Spirit's intent is to make real the same experience that Jesus had at his baptism. The Spirit descending like a dove, the voice of the Father saying, this is my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased. This happens before Jesus has said a word, done a word, done a thing, done anything impressive. And this is Christianity 101, and I'm almost embarrassed to share it with you because it's so basic. And it's really all that matters. It's the, it's the whole thing. The whole thing is this. You know that song? Jesus' love is very wonderful. Jesus' love is very wonderful. We did this at a staff meeting the other day. At the end of the meeting, I made them sing it. Let's do it now. Jesus' love is very wonderful. Oh, 
It is so high, you can't get over it so low, you can't get under it so wide. Oh, that's it. That's what the Spirit is given to do, to fill us with the measure of Jesus' love, which is the Father's love. You know, the Father has loved the Son from all eternity. And they've shared together in this bond of love between them. And the bond of love has a name, and in the name is the Holy Spirit. And we as God's people share in that love. And if you think you'll be on that love today, I'm here to tell you not. You might think you've gone too far, you've sinned too much. You haven't. The spirit you've received, Romans 8, 15 to 16 says, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Adoption to sonship, what Romans, Paul is saying in Romans 8, is that we as followers of Jesus, we receive the spirit and we participate in the identity of Jesus. We're now in Christ, and so what is true of Jesus is now true of us. And by him we cry, Abba, Daddy, Papa, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. This is the church on fire. To know this. Not just to know it in your head, but to know it in your bones. To have a vision of your belovedness in Christ. To not be able to get beyond it and to share it with other people. Do you love yourself? Do you? As you look at yourself, as you think about yourself this morning, do you do that with a measure of love? Of hope? Of joy? Of acceptance? Do you have a positive regard for what God has made? You will. You will. Comes through the Holy Spirit. Satan's desire is to fill you with self-hatred and self-pity. And to make you think it's humility. But the Spirit of God longs to fill you with the same love that the Father has had for you since the foundation of the world. This is not narcissism. It is not self-love. Do you know that those who are filled with this love are actually those who are free to forget themselves and truly to love other people? The first thing the Spirit does is to show us that we are loved, that we might be loved. The second thing, and you're going to see a theme here, is to help us to believe. Clever, aren't I? Yeah, took me all week. 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says, Therefore I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus because, and this is the key thing, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 16 says, The Spirit bears witness or testifies with our spirit that we're children of God. Faith comes through the Holy Spirit. Faith isn't a work, it's not an achievement. If it was, we would be talking about religion again. We're not, we're talking about grace. Faith is a gift from God. Trusting God is God's gift to you. And the one who communicates that is the Holy Spirit. This is why when somebody receives the Holy Spirit, 
Faith is the result. It's not the cause. Do you know that? We don't receive the Holy Spirit because we have faith. Now, we do continue to receive the Holy Spirit and God builds faith in us, but if that were the case, we'd never get, big, we'd never get going. No, God, on God's side, makes a decision freely to fill us with the Holy Spirit. It's his act. It's his gracious gift to us. And you've heard stories in this church before about God doing that. You've heard Amy's story. Receiving the Holy Spirit and a whole life, a whole outlook being changed. You've seen the Apostle Paul's story, if you've read the scriptures. And yes, those two stories, I'm putting them on the same, <laughs> I'm putting them on the same level. But what changed in these lives? What's changed in people's lives? What changed is that people were filled with the Holy Spirit and perspective was shifted. Belief was a given as a gift. Faith is a gift of the Holy Spirit. If you want faith, more trust, more confidence in God, ask him, he'll give it to you. Stop trying so hard. Just receive. Receive the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, I'm going to crack on here. We believe, thirdly, we want to behave. (laughs) Tenuous, I know. I believe that every single person here, I believe that the deepest desire of every single person here is to live in the, f- the way of Jesus. I believe that. I have full confidence in it because I think it's what you were made for. I think if we were able to find a manual for your life, which we won't, on the manual would, be, would say, follow the way of Jesus. Your deepest desire, your design, is to follow in the way of Jesus. That's going to look unique for each of you. But you long to do the things that Jesus would do if he were in your body. You do. That's your, that is what you were made for. You want to do that. You wouldn't be here this morning. Some of you, I know, have been coerced to be here this morning. And yet, I still believe for you, the deepest desire of your heart is to do the things that Jesus wants you to do. You want to live the Sermon on the Mount. You want to love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, you want, deep in your heart, you want to love your enemy. You want to forgive the person who wounded you. You do. It's deeper than any other desire within you. The problem is, if you're like me, and you are, because you're a sinner like me. Sorry to give you that news this morning if you didn't know. The problem is you're not able. You're not able to follow the word. You're not able to follow the things that Jesus wants you to do. You're not capable of it. The only one who can obey God is God. But God's Holy Spirit is given to the church so that God within us would obey God. Isn't that great news? God in us, Christ in us is the hope of glory. Not us in us. We need more of him to enable us to follow him. So this behave thing, this, this, it follows be- believing. It doesn't come before believing. It actually follows being filled with God. God within us enables us to behave, to follow in the way of Jesus. The good news is that the spirit of God is the spirit of holiness. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of holiness. And whatever he fills becomes clean because his holiness is greater than every person's unholiness. Paul uses this image in Ephesians 5. Be filled, have a skinful, not of wine which leads to debauchery. I'm not going to fill in the blanks, debauchery. But have a skinful of the Holy Spirit. And what will come out of you would not be debauchery but obedience. Praise, he says, you'll go on singing songs, psalms, and hymns of fellowship and love. What will come out of you will be love. 
And as I read this morning, love covers a multitude of sins. Love is patient, it's kind, it's not self-seeking, and so on and so forth. So we want to behave, that comes through the Holy Spirit. And finally, and I, I slightly broke it here, but the final thing the Spirit enables to do is to be spent and to be sent. The final desire that every human life has is to live a life of meaning. And we only live a life of meaning when we step outside of a life, of our own life, and live a life for others. We begin to live a life for other people. We all want this. It is, again, I believe, that one of the most fundamental human desires. It is just so exhausting to pursue a life after our own desires. You know, if you are pursuing your own career, beware, you might get what you want. If you are pursuing your own goals, uh, you know, Augustine, I think, was the first person to say this, to define that, uh, that sin, to, in curvature upon itself, a life turned in on itself. That's not a good thing. Uh, we actually find life when we got beyond the pr- project self. And again, our whole culture seems beset with the desire just to polish the self. I'm so critical of most of what's on social media, it, it seems just to be people taking pictures of themselves and thinking that the rest of us are interested. And I know some of you are doing this as well. Just stop. It's boring. It's really boring. Do something useful instead. Go and serve someone else. With the time you're spending doing this drivel, you could be doing something meaningful. Like serving your neighbor, praying for somebody who's sick. Picking up some litter. I don't know. Make it up. Oh, goodness me. We want to be spent. And we want to be sent. That's what the Holy Spirit wants for us also. To be spent and to be sent. Maybe those of you on social media, God loves you. He does, and it's probably important you're on there. Maybe he's calling you to do it. Just take August off. That's not a command. What we most desire is to live a life of meaning beyond ourselves. We read the the book, instead of being on social media in August, read the Acts of the Apostles. Read the book called Acts in the New Testament. And what we see there is the Acts of the Apostles. It actually should be better titled the Acts of the Holy Spirit. This group of people, this group of no-hopers like you and me, are spent and sent for the purposes of the kingdom, and the outcrop of that, fruit-wise, is extraordinary. What might God's call on your life be? How might he want to spend you? Is it in fostering? As we've heard of from this stage uh, just weeks ago, is it to do uh, swimming lessons for people who are uh, uh, seeking refuge and asylum in our country, as we heard from this uh, stage just a couple of weeks ago? Is it to run an, an art exhibition, an art teaching class in the Nottingham Contemporary, as members of our congregation are doing? Is it to serve children? Is it, is it to minister to the sick and the dying? Is it to be a teacher? Is it to be a stay-at-home dad or a stay-at-home mom? I don't know what it is, but the Holy Spirit knows. 
and he wants to fill you and to empower you, and it begins at the place you're already at. Are you a business person? Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the filling of the Holy Spirit that you might be able to do your vocation in the power of the Spirit and not in your own power. So what? I could go on, but I can't. I'm too late. So what? Well, easy. Be filled. Let's be filled. Let's be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's be uh, overflowing with the plenitude of the Holy Spirit. And this begins as we ask him. As Luke, as Jesus says in Luke's gospel, what good father gives uh, anything less than that to his children? But if we're asking to be filled, we also need to be willing to be emptied. Because the truth is we, we are so full of it. So full of other stuff. So fed up with a diet of nothing that we first must allow the Holy Spirit to search through, to pick through our lives and clean up whatever he finds so that there may be more space for him and only him. Can I ask you if you're able to stand with me? And I'm going to ask as we stand for the Holy Spirit to fill the people of God and if you would like that today, place your hands out. In front of you is a sign of being ready to receive a gift and a blessing. And don't do anything else, but just receive. And it's great to know we receive by receiving. Not by doing, not by striving, not even by praying. Not even by praying. This isn't the moment to get religious and intense, but simply to receive. And so I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. It's three words long, and I will pray it again and again, just so it takes. <laughs> that was a joke. Holy Spirit, come. Come, creator, spirit. Come to the empty. Come to the full. Come to those who already know you. Come to those who have no clue who you are. Come to those who have a fixed idea of who they are. Come to those who don't know who they are. Come to those full of shame. Come to those lost in despair. Come to the anxious. Come to the hurting. Come to the hoping. 